and welcome to the Endpoint Management Today podcast. My name is Rhonda Student Kaiser, and I'm the director of Big Fix Customer Experience. And I'm James Stewart, Big Fix Forum admin. Rock stars do exist, even in the land of Big Fix. Today, we're excited to have Mark Leach with us. Mark is a senior Big Fix architect and the expert on all things performance and security when it comes to Big Fix. So how's it going, Mark? Uh, things are good. You're far too kind with the intro, but I uh, I appreciate that. Glad to hear that. <laughs> what got you started in tech and computers? A combination of two things, I would say. Number one, I was very fortunate to have a, a wonderful high school math and computer science teacher who just made it fun. And then, then the other aspect would be the notion of creation. I don't know anything else where you can create something from nothing, do it quickly, and, you know, even in the case of Big Fix, roll that out to millions of endpoints worldwide. So if you're a creative type, if you love math, if you love computing, it's just a, a beautiful field to be in. And, you know, years later, still feel the same way. Was there anything that got you into it early on, like a class or a, a hobby or something like that? You know, I, uh, I I started in early days. I was in a very remote community at the time. So we even had, you know, we had to have our program shift off, shipped off through a, a modem and come back to us and that kind of thing. And and it even, the, the fact that it was hard to do, and, and, you know, it's not like today where you just have computing devices everywhere. I think I have, you know, 50 computing devices in my home right now. It, it just made it more like adventurous and 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 fun, and uh, it, it was just a very good time to to go through all that. So you had to be really sure that you were ready to send that computer off to get run or that program. Correct, and and I remember even at the time, you know, I was working with a student, and I worked with uh, people in companies, and these guys were doing computing back in the fifties, and they would create programs on card decks and send them on a train to Chicago. Like, like hundreds of miles away to run the program and bring it back to them. And, and it was very neat to kind of see that legacy. And as everything has still gotten faster and, and we've gotten better at this and, you know, people are walking around in their supercomputers in their pockets today, the same principles still apply. It's a very rich history and, and stuff that people did back then still works today, which I find really cool. So the modern equivalent of the train is the 20 minute compile time of certain programs or things you might work on. Yeah, and and even you know look at things like Linux and it, and its history and the fact that it's never been more relevant than today. I, I find that amazing and and beautiful. So, I think if you're like most IT professionals in the world, your family calls you up and they say, "Mark, help." So, what's the hardest IT problem or question you've had to answer for your family or for your friends? You know, I do uh, I do a lot of home automation, and and I also do a lot of laundry <laughs> in my family. And so, you know, I do things like when I walk to the laundry room, all the lights turn on as I I go down the path to the laundry room, and and it helps me because my hands are full. And so people see that, and and they want that. And to make it so it's just virtually plug and play, that that I can set it up for them once, and they'll never have to touch it. Is, is really the tough part. There are things I can make work, but you have to tweak them or you get a driver upgrade, all this stuff. I love doing this kind of thing, but I warn them at the outset. Some things I can make work, they can't. I, I won't do that for them. In the case of the lights, it's pretty foolproof, but even then I occasionally get a call that something isn't quite right. 
So it's really that notion of, of what can you build and, and technology that they can use and never have to really understand how it works. And uh, I kind of pick and choose what I'll do based upon that and, and things I can do for them. And uh, in some cases, people have kind of picked it up and then built their own stuff and, and evolved. But a lot of people just never want to touch it. And, and I think it kind of relates to Big Fix as well. You know, what can we build that they don't have to touch, can self-maintain, and just run indefinitely and run very well? That's, that's the goal. Yeah. And, and tough to do, really tough to do on a lot of things. It takes a lot of work. Yeah. What got you into system performance? You do a lot of work on figuring out where Big Fix performance is and what kind of specs people need for their setup. But what got you into that field in general? So I've always loved hardware. I have a heavy math background. I, I love modeling and simulation. And, and it just kind of came together naturally that, um, you know, when, when we build performance teams, we find there are just people who are geared towards doing this stuff. Uh, in my experience, you could put nine out of 10 people on performance. They're, they're just going to be bored stiff by it. They don't like it. They don't like the detail work, but you hit that one person who loves it. And, and I definitely love it. And, and over time, as I worked on projects, I naturally gravitated towards it and, and just proved the ability to discover certain things and, and see them quickly. And I would say it's also a field where I'm always learning. There's always new technology, always something to get deeper into. We do a lot of training and education with people, show them what we know, what we can do, and, and we hope they show us how to get better. As systems get more complex and more interrelated, being able to correlate all these multiple events, get a good feel of, of the flow of an application, what's really happening, where you really want to invest money to make a difference. It's really fascinating. And I would also say very rewarding. We've had cases where we've made thousands of percent improvement in things. And, and when you do something like that, you just feel very validated and, and you want to do it again kind of thing. I'm also very privileged that the performance people I tend to work with just naturally tend to be interesting, fun people. I'm not sure what it is, but you can take two performance people on different projects. They just seem to naturally get along, have common interests and a common approach in terms of what they find interesting in, in the field. And, and we generally have a lot of fun doing it. You kind of get a big problem at the beginning, and you keep chipping away at it, you make it better, um, and you definitely get a reward at the end. It's validating. Yeah, it's very exciting when you find a place where you can make a, a thousand times improvement. You know, if you can find a place where you can make a 10% improvement, it may not even be worth doing. But when you find that 1,000x per improvement, that's where it really gets exciting. You know, we, we recently did something where uh, we applied a, an optimization we did in one place in the code, and we applied it in another place. And I was hoping for 5%. Even if I got 5%, I would have been really happy because that's, that's more or less a free 5%. And we got 50% reduction out of it, which is massive. Right. And, and, and we were so happy that, that it's nice when you build things properly and, and you get smarter about the technology and you just start deploying it this way. Um, you can make those kind of inroads. So, you know, the thousand percent, you know, part of my reaction is, well, how bad were things to begin with? Those incremental percents for really core workloads are, are just as satisfying because they take a lot more work when something has been heavily worked on heavily improved and you want to squeeze that little bit more out of it so huge range of of applications and and ways to feel good about what we're doing essentially so mark how did you come to work at big fix 
So I had worked on a number of uh, products, and, and they were generally rewarding and fun. Um, I generally changed what I was working on fairly frequently, and, and I was fortunate to be able to find work or have projects that wanted me. And, and I kind of heard about the you know, upstart big fix that was doing things differently and, uh, and got interested in it. And, and when I looked at the agent, I, I was so impressed because so many products had, had taken an agent approach and got it wrong. And I thought what Big Fix had done was truly different and, and beautiful from an agent perspective. And then as I looked into it more deeply in terms of customer-based community and everything else, only got more impressed. So I, I went to someone I knew in the team and said, I, uh, I'm very interested in working with you guys. Would you like to have me? And the answer was a very quick yes. And I've uh, been working here ever since and, and very happy about it. So what were your, some of your first surprises with Big Fix? Number one for me was the community and how many in the people in the community, it, it was just tight knit. It was very pro about the product. No, no product is perfect and big fix certainly is not perfect, but it, it just was very unusual to me. It was the kind of thing I associated with open source or university level projects or more, you know, less commerce related projects. And, and, and it was just very different. And, and, you know, anytime I see a user group in action, and, and while there hasn't been one in a while due to COVID and everything that I've been able to attend, um, I, I'm impressed every time and talking to our customers and the faith they put on us is, is very rewarding and challenging all at once. We want to make sure we're doing the right thing for them. And, and that's a big obligation. Yeah, the user groups are very exciting. Like, it doesn't matter if there's like nine people or 90 people or, you know, 300 people. They're always like so amazing and so much fun. And, 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 and the sheer numbers of, you know, managing millions of endpoints worldwide when you look at the aggregate. I mean, that, that's just stunning. And, and, and I love that about our product. I mean, what, what can you work on with that kind of worldwide impact and, and helping keeping people safe and secure and, and manage their business? I, I think it's, it's, it's beautiful. I've been, been very happy to be here. And I, I, and I think that, you know, so not everybody gets to go to those in-person things always, you know, there are restrictions and stuff. And we've certainly been trying to do a lot more virtual user groups and user conferences, which it, it never gets quite that far. But you know, it's, it's, it's our goal. But what I found, and what I love about it is that in person stuff then just translates to the people online, you know, the Slack channel, people, you know, people know each other, and, and they react that way. I mean, I think that's part of just our digital age. And getting used to things like Facebook and, you know, digital conversations, but it really does the feel you get on the forum or in the Slack is the same as what you get when you're in person, which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Looking forward to our next user group. Cause James was the one who said we should have a Slack channel or multiple Slack channels going on during these virtual user groups so we can talk with each other. I, I would agree. And uh, it really made a difference. <laughs> so what, what's your favorite part of the Big Fix product itself? Well, I am the platform architect, and, and I would have to say the platform. <laughs> <laughs> You're maybe a little, a little biased there. You know, but, but, but I, I love that sort of technological base. And, you know, our, our goal with the platform is to make the job of everyone else developing Big Fix easier, to consolidate services, make sure we have a proper base, and, and keep pushing on our core infrastructure to make sure it's doing the job that our, our customers expect it to. 
I've, I've always gravitated towards the back-end stuff. And I think the architecture has proven itself over time. We are looking to modernize certain things. But I, I just love, you know, well-designed software that works. It's been built upon the work of many very smart and talented people that have contributed to it. And, and to kind of carry that forward and, and make it even better is a, a great responsibility to have. It's a, it's a challenge to measure up to all that, but we have a very good team and, uh, and, and look forward to that challenge every day. So what do you, I guess, love, and maybe you just answered it, but what do you love about your job today? You know, what excites you uh, the most about, com- I guess, virtually coming to work, logging onto your computer? <laughs> Every day. I could never do an assembly line job or, or anything like that. It, it, the, we, we have so much variety and, and typically, you know, half of my day is structured and the other half is not. Often it can be on a, a critical basis such as something is not working. It can be security related where we need to dig into something. Uh, it may be research related in terms of we need to do something new. Um, we have a number of, of customers who are very good at uh, letting us know what they need, their future, that kind of thing. And, and just the variety is unbeatable, I think. I'm also totally reliant on a, a, a number of, of people in the team who are just so incredibly good at what they do that I know if I miss something, they're going to pick it up. If, if I need help, they're just going to come in and help me. Um, and there's just a real tight-knit network, I think, where we support each other and, and make it all work, even though there are a lot of challenges. And, you know, like, like everyone else, you have your good days and bad days. But, but the net is uh, pretty, pretty happy with the whole thing and uh, enjoy the days more often than not. So what uh, technologies are you excited about in general? So technology is a, a bit interesting because I'm, a, I'm, I'm very old school in a lot of things. So, you know, a, a big love of mine is music. A big love of mine is playing guitar. And, and for that kind of stuff, old school is, is better for me. So I, I think the best recordings ever made were in the 1950s. You know, my amplifiers are from the 1960s. My guitars are as old <laughs> as I can get them kind of thing. But I can kind of combine that with modern technology and, and you know, kind of the flip side for me and, and, you know, nothing too dramatic here, but containers and, and small computing devices like, uh, you know, modern ITX boards or the Raspberry Pi have just been huge for me. I mean, I, I have a NAS where I run a number of Docker containers for services and it, it's been just beautiful for us just in terms of media and, and that kind of thing in the house. And, and even with things like the Raspberry Pi, I'm working on projects like uh, a fan controller for my smoker. I love to cook. So <laughs> it's, it's more about even building it than it is the net result because I can monitor it manually, but I just like the idea of building something. Um, the same thing with my guitars. I'm building a, a custom effects pedal based upon a Raspberry Pi where I can program and parameterize things. And while I can buy one off the rack that... It's probably going to be better than anything I build. I, I like the challenge of building it, the DIY aspect. I love solder fumes, <laughs> kind of thing, <laughs> still. Nice. And, uh, and it's just, you know, getting back to the first question, to be able to build something out of nothing is still incredibly rewarding and I, I think uh, a great thing to do in life. 
And the interesting thing is, you know, bringing back the big fix containers and, and Raspberry Pi is a, a big part of what we're building and, and doing going forward. So it all kind of kind of fits. It sounds like you've gotten a lot further than I have with a lot of my Raspberry Pi ambitions. My ambitions start with me buying the newest one and end with me sticking <laughs> it on the shelf, forgetting why I bought it and not actually doing a whole lot with it. I have run Big Fix on it, though, so at least I've done that. Yeah, um, That's yeah. fun to play with. Do you run Big Fix on all your hobby project Raspberry Pis? I do. On, on the ones that'll support it, I have some with custom OSs that won't support it, but that's uh, they're they're few and far between. So that's really awesome. That is really awesome. The, the contain the container thing I really love. Like the deployment of containers on my NAS and everything has just been incredible. I, I didn't think it would be that valuable. And to be able to deploy and manage apps in a, a custom way and, and, and do all that has been incredible. And and something, once again, we're looking at with Big Fix. Container plays are a, a big topic with us today and, and kind of shows how all of this stuff really integrates in, in terms of what we look at for the product. Which is your most useful container on your NAS? Um, I would probably say my book library. Oh, interesting. So I, I do a lot of EPUBs and, and that kind of thing. I My library just started bursting at the seams to the point I had to get rid of books, which pains me. Mm-hmm. And and so I kind of keep my collection down and, and just buy EPUBs now as a, a way to keep reading. Yeah, that's very cool. I, I do run a lot of Big Fix client containers for testing for myself and yeah. others on the team. It's really great to be able to spin up a whole bunch of big fix client containers and be able to test with them very easily and very lightweight. Yeah, you've been one of our container leaders and uh, really, really appreciate all you've been doing. What about the cloud? I mean, so we're we're going down and we're going out with big fix. I always find that fascinating. You know, the use cases are so, you know, diametrically opposed almost in ways. I'm not sure about that. I mean, you know, virtualization, I, I love. I mean, it's been around for a long, long time. Some companies have been able to monetize it very well. It, it's clearly only accelerating because of the potential cost benefits. Um, but the thing I find interesting is the potential cost increases. It's it's easy to have a lot of endpoint sprawl, a lot of image sprawl. It brings in new security exploits. So it's it's clearly a, a technology we embrace. There are a lot of beautiful things about it, but like anything, when you add another layer, you're also adding another layer of responsibility and, and coming back to the security end, uh, new vulnerabilities that you often didn't have there before. So from a business point of view, I love it because managing hypervisors and all that kind of thing is a, a whole new area of performance that not many people are prepared to, to manage. And from mm-hmm. a security point of view and, and the value Big Fix can bring, um, I think it also brings a really good opportunity for us. Well, Mark, thanks for your time today. It's been uh, really interesting. And uh, uh, maybe we'll have you come in again. We'll do a panel discussion on security or something like that. It'd be awesome to bring our best security minds in and have a talk about where, where we see bi- uh, security going, both in relation to Big Fix and in general. I think that'd be really cool. Interesting topic. And yeah, thank you both. Uh, really enjoyed talking to you today. Thank you, Mark. 
And to our listeners, thanks for joining us today on Endpoint Management Today. And let us know if there's any topics you'd like to hear about in future broadcasts.